You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. The road to Tampa Bay in Super Bowl 55 will run through 1265 Lombardi Avenue. And with that, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Lemp's Talk and Pack. I'm your host, Chris Lempsis, coming to you once again from my basement Packer room in my home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here to break down Green Bay's go on ahead and take next weekend off, fellas. 35-16 road win over the hated Chicago Bears on Sunday at Soldier Field. Aw, yeah! With the win... The Packers finished the regular season with a sterling 13-3 mark. They are the number one overall seed in the National Football Conference, numero uno. They have earned the one and only bye in the conference, which, boy, they really need need that bye. They need a week off. They have played every week since mid-October. Do you realize that? That didn't hit me until after the game. They need a break. And I'll tell you what, I need a break too. That's a lot of that's a lot of podcasts without a week off for your boy Lamps. Holy shit! I I definitely can. I mean, it's important for the players, but I mean, what about me? You know, what about us as fans? We need a break too. <laughs> so thank you to the Packers for that. The Packers will face the lowest remaining seed from next weekend's three NFC playoff games, and those games and times are as follows. And yes, all times are of course Lambo time. We start Saturday. We start on Saturday at 3.40 p.m. The six-seed L.A. Rams travel to face the three-seed Seattle Seahawks. Saturday night, 7.15 p.m., the number five-seeded Tampa Bay Buccaneers will travel to the fourth-seed Washington football team who won the NFC East because, fuck me, some team had to, right? Also, can I just say real quick, for media people, and even fans too, can we stop abbreviating Washington football team as WFT? Because every time I see it, I think WTF. I think, what the fuck? Like, that can't just be me. There's no way. Change it to WAS, W-A-S, or W-S-H. I feel like the WFT thing is like media people doing it to be like funny. Like, oh, this is kind of like dirty almost. It's just, go, it's really, it's annoying. W-A-S or W-S-H, please, for me. So that's the Saturday night game, and then the NFC will close out its opening round uh, on Sunday, 3.40 p.m. The seven-seed Chicago Bears, who somehow still made the playoffs because Arizona shit all over themselves, will travel to Nolens to play the number two-seeded New Orleans Saints. Again, that is 3.40 p.m. on a number of channels, including, I don't know if people know this, or if everybody knows this, Nickelodeon is going to be broadcasting the game. They're going to try to do like a kid-friendly thing to like so like kids can watch with their parents and hopefully like the NFL can start to, you know, get cuz they've been having a hard time getting the younger generation into the game. So they're hoping this Nickelodeon thing will help. I'm watching the game on Nickelodeon. I'll just say that right now. I I'm very excited about it. I hope there's like some fake slime that comes down on players' heads. Is like SpongeBob going to be like superimposed as one of the refs? You know, are the announcers going to be like the people who do, I'm dating myself now, but like the voices for Rugrats or like Doug? I look, I, you won't find anybody more disgusted with the current state of NFL broadcasting than yours truly. So I'm like, fuck it. I'll watch a game on Nickelodeon. It'd probably be more fun than watching it on a regular broadcast. It couldn't be worse. There's no way it could be worse, you know? Maybe, like, someone throws an interception. I'm really dating myself now. Someone throws a pick, and they play the You Can't Do That on Television music with the stamp, and then the person's head breaks in half. Like, just let's have fun. with. I'm watching on Nickelodeon. I don't give a shit. I'm doing it. So, anywho, unless I missed it, it is, as of now, TBD when our beloved Packers will play in round two. Because, uh, again, they do have the bye. Just just to restate that, because it's awesome. Um, I thought for sure they'd announce the entire playoff schedule tonight, but I guess I, I watched that entire Eagles-Washington shit show, hoping that they would announce it at some point, and they didn't. So joke's on me, I guess. 
So I don't know when they're going to play. If I was a betting man, I would say they'll have the Packers as the night game on Saturday, January 16th. That is, of course, only a guess. That would give the Kansas City Chiefs an extra day, which, hey, they had the best record in the league this year, and they are the defending champs. So, yeah, they sort of earn that if that ends up being the case. That's just a guess, though. And why not? Let's close out the NFC North standings one last time because it is hilarious. Obviously, the Packers won the division at 13-3. and Bears finished second at 8-8, eight and eight, and they will make the playoffs. Whether or not they deserve to is another story. The Vikings defeated the Detroit Lions in the sad AF Bowl Sunday to finish 7-9. and nine, And with the loss, Detroit ends the 2020 campaign. An extremely Lions-y 5-11, very Lions-ish. Very on-brand for the Lions, as the kids would say. They'll have an entirely new brain trust next season, of course. New GM, new head coach. Could Matt Stafford be on the move? I will say right now. January 3rd, right after 11 p.m., I will say I think Matt Stafford will be on the move. I think they will trade him. It would not surprise me. In fact, I think it's going to happen. Where? Maybe San Francisco, maybe New England, maybe Indy, maybe Vegas. Denver maybe gets in the mix. Does Washington get in the mix? One of those teams I think makes sense, for sure. So before we get into the fun, hope you're already having fun, but if you're not, we're going to in a minute. I have to do the shameless self-promotion, which I know you love or at the very least tolerate. Twitter, Lemps, MKE, at It's Just Chris Now. Facebook, Old Bag of Donuts, OL Bag of Donuts. The email, Old Bag of Donuts, OL Bag of Donuts at gmail.com. For anyone listening on the wonderful Packers Talk iTunes page, leave a rating. Five stars. We like those the most. Four stars are good, too. I saw some people left ratings last week. I can only hope. That's because I me of my because of me and my constant badgering of you, the good listeners, to leave a rating. Hopefully my badgering has paid off, and that's why those ratings came in. They were positive, which is good. Maybe a comment, no one's left one in forever. I don't know why I say it, but you know, fuck it, it's there. Do it if you want. For anyone listening on the wonderful Packers Talk Spotify. Oh, that's iTunes. What am I doing? Spotify. We're also on Spotify. There we go. Search for Packers Talk. Look for our logo, which is the head of the Vince Lombardi statue, which sits outside Lambeau Field. And we're on iHeartRadio, so search for us there. Okay. Now that we done got that out the way, I totally screwed up the shameless self-promotion part because I'm so excited to get into the show. Now that we done got that out the way, let's go. Let's dive right in. Let's talk about this Packers dub. A wrapping up the top seed in the conference and the only bye week dub. Which, shit, man, that is an extremely satisfying sweet dub. One of the best dubs. I will say that. And on this momentous occasion, my friends, we're going to do it a little differently tonight. In fact, it's going to be way different. We're going topsy-turvy, world got flipped, turned upside down for this one. I usually give you my thoughts on the game, then I answer any questions received via Twitter or email, or if one of my friends has texted me, I'll answer that. But the vibe is so good with this fan base tonight. The love is there. Really, it's been there all season. That I wanted to show my appreciation for you, the listener, and my fellow Packer fan. My fellow Packers fans. I probably don't do that enough. Thank you all for listening. So the show, this is my third year doing this. Started out small. It was just on Podbean only. Had a handful of listeners anywhere. It was it was a, probably around 100 a week. Very small. Not even a, like a club band, basically. And then after year one, I moved over, I moved back to Packers Talk. Al and CD, Jersey Al and CD, were nice enough to welcome me back. They say you can't go home again. I say that's bullshit because I'm back home again on Packers Talk. And it's been great. So appreciative of those two for allowing me to uh, come back. And, you know, the numbers have been big. Really big, you know. In fact, I'm always surprised, pleasantly surprised, by how many of you listen every week. That means a lot to me, and I never take that shit for granted, ever. Some Packers, Packers feels like they take the listeners. I never would take any of you for granted. I love each and every one of you. Even if you're crazy, I love you. A lot of good Packers podcasts out there. Some are, some are fucking terrible. <laughs> some are terrible and get numbers I can't even believe, but whatever. Um, keep it positive, Chris. Keep it positive. Uh, but regardless, a good amount of you make your way over to my little corner each week, and it's great. And I really appreciate it. And what better way to show my appreciation than to start the show by taking your questions and comments and then giving my thoughts on what you have to say. There were a lot after this game. Actually, there were probably more 
comments received via Twitter and email than ever before for me, you know? So I, I think we're going to be able to tell the story of this game together, which I'm pretty excited about. I mean, fuck, that makes sense, right? Packers are literally owned by the fans. So let's have this episode of the show on a night where they clinched the number one seed in the NFC. Let's have this episode of the pod co-owned, or excuse me, co-owned by you. And anything we don't get to in these questions, I will fill in after we're done. Although I think we're going to get to most of it. Okay, so we're going to start with the email. The email blew me away. I opened up the email minutes after the game and I had a shit ton of emails. So let's get to those now. These are in order as of they are in no particular order, I would say. Okay, first one is from Davin. Lemps, greetings from sunny Casablanca. I listen to your podcast every week. Win, lose, or draw, it brings back the feeling of growing up as a kid in Milwaukee and backing the pack. I've been meaning to write and say thanks all season, but the time difference sometimes makes it hard to stay up and get a question in. So I'd like to pose a pregame question. He actually sent this before kickoff. God, I hope they rock the Bears. <laughs> you and a lot of others have been talking about the Jordan Love pick as a waste and a possible slight or insult to Aaron Rodgers. I disagree. We all know that the best A-Rod is chip on his shoulder. No one believes in me, A-Rod. What if Goot and LaFleur got together and figured out the best way to manufacture that chip while drafting for value? I humbly submit that they may have known exactly what they were doing. Cheers. Keep rocking it. D-Fish. Uh... Casablanca, how about that? I'm huge in Morocco. You might not have known that. I'm big. I can't even get off the plane in Morocco, to, to be honest, without being mobbed by a crowd. So that's why I don't get there as much as I'd like to. That and I'm poor. Um, so Devin, okay, let's get to your question here. D fish. Uh, well, first of all, thanks for being a devoted listener. I appreciate that. Obviously, as I stated a little while ago, I appreciate all of you. Interesting point about the Jordan Love. Let's talk about this quick before we... It kind of applies to the game, though, right? On a day when Rodgers was so good once again. What was his final stat line? 19 to 24, 240 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. 10.0 yards per attempt. He was perfect in the first half, 10 for 10. 158.3 rating. He, uh... What was the mark he set? Did he set... I don't even remember... He set some records. Jesus, he set so many records this season, you know? It's in, how could you even keep up with all these records Aaron Rodgers has set? Let's see. Uh, with his passing touchdown, with the uh, 72-yard touchdown pass to MVS, more on him in a little bit, oh, God. Uh, midway through the second quarter, that uh, was Aaron Rodgers' 46th passing touchdown of the season. He, has, he, at that point, had broken his own Packers record for most passing touchdowns in a single season. Obviously finished with 48. Two more on the day, so give him 48 for the season. So, yeah, just I mean, great stuff from Rodgers once again. Okay, so your question about the Jordan Love pick. Where am I on my notes? Here we go. Um, I think it's possible. Yeah, it's definitely possible that they got together and figured out the best way to piss him off. I, I tend to think it didn't happen that way. I'll say why. Rodgers was not on the... De- <sighs> I say this delicately. He was still a very good quarterback even last season, but he was not the Aaron Rodgers we had come to know and love. I said that on the show multiple times last season, talked about it in my State of the Pack series after last season had ended. He wasn't, like, washed up. That narrative, anybody who said that was insane, and I said that as much. I said as much on that, too. I think Goot and LaFleur were wondering how many years he would have left. You know? I mean, there were reports that they tried to take Drew Locke in the second round of the 20, what, 2019 draft? I guess it was, yeah. Ended up taking Elton Jenkins. Hey, that worked out pretty well. But they had been looking for a quarterback for a while. I think they wanted to get their guy in and develop him. I think maybe they had a sense that Rodgers, at least at that point, seemed maybe on the down... And just in case they wanted to have somebody in there in case it kind of all came crashing down for Rodgers and they had a backup ready or they had the future ready, so to speak. So I'm not going to... I can't give them that much credit, unfortunately, D-Fish, and say that they got together and planned this. I think it... They may have... I will say this. I think they may have wondered if it would fire Aaron Rodgers up. I don't think that was their main motive, but I think it may have been a nice little side effect. 
in their minds, like, hey, what if we take Love and it, you know, pisses Rogers off and he plays really well and gives us more time to get Jordan ready and it's a perfect, it's a seamless transition like it was from Favre to Rogers. So I don't think that was their main reason, but I think they may have suspected it, that it would piss Rogers off and it, it it did. You know, there's no question it's it's fired Rogers up and he's played better this year, for sure. You know, he's been more. I talked about this last week on Twitter. The thing I, I, I give Rogers a lot of credit for this year, and you saw it throughout the season. He really tightened up a lot of parts of his game that needed tightening up. You know, Favre... When McCarthy came in, the fixes with Favre were fairly obvious, right? Stop throwing off your back foot. Stop throwing it downfield into triple coverage. Stop all the gunslinger stuff, or at least cut back on it. Rogers, the changes were more... They were, they were more minor, you know? Stop always throwing fading back. You know, stop every pass going to Devontae. Make him a big factor, but not every, you know, don't look for him first on every play. Um, You know, the footwork, like, it wasn't as obvious unless you were watching and paying attention every week, but you could tell Rodgers gotten sloppy in certain areas. Yeah. You know, a little bit sloppy here, a little bit sloppy there, a little bit sloppy here, a couple injuries, all of a sudden he's not the same guy. He, I will give him credit, a lot of guys this point in their careers wouldn't have wouldn't have tightened up the way Rodgers did. They would have said, I am who I am, just tough shit, you're going to have to make it work. But Rodgers really did what he needed to do, and I give him a lot of credit for that. It showed, I mean, it showed this year he's going to win the MVP award. Brilliant season from Aaron Rodgers. So I hope that answered that question for you, Devin. And again, thank you for listening in Casablanca. That is awesome. Okay, next question comes from Jeff Skurjantz. Hope I'm saying that right. I know you've written in before, Jeff. Hi, Chris. Love your podcast. Here is some food for thought. The glass half empty for the Packers not winning Super Bowl based in today's game. One, another third quarter collapse. Packers will need to score 30 points plus against elite teams to win with this defense. Two, two near interceptions by Rodgers. Three, mediocre special teams. Now for glass half full for why they have a chance. One, Rodgers, Jones, Adams, Tunyon, Alien Lizard. Love it. Versatile offensive line, top-notch secondary. Two, bend but not break defense. Three, Crosby's foot, although not needed today. Cheers, Jeff. Okay, lot to unpack there. These questions have a lot to unpack, and I really appreciate that. Again, I think we can tell the story of this game together. The third quarter today, we'll start at the beginning here with your question, Jeff, your thoughts. The third quarter collapse was bad. It wasn't a collapse, I wouldn't say per se, but it was a shitty third quarter. Yeah. Starting with the MVS drop, that changed the entire game. They almost lost that game based on that drop. Yeah. If he catches a ball that is thrown right into his mitts, he walks in for the he walks in for the score. And it would have been what? What would the score have been at that point? It was what? It was 21-13. It would have been 28-13. For the Packers to score that quickly in the second half, I feel like you would have felt the Bears start to kind of give in. Like, hey, we're probably going to make the playoffs anyways, or at least we have a good shot based on what's going on out, you know, between the Cardinals and Rams. We're up, they're, they're up 28-13. Like, we're not going to catch these guys. Forget it. Burp, got to keep it real. But that didn't happen. He dropped that ball. That Look, I know we're all rooting for MVS. I mean, I had MVS Industries, which, again, is never going to reopen as a thing. Um, <laughs> you can't drop a ball like that in a playoff. You can't. You can't. If that happens in a playoff game, that could be the difference. Look, the margin between winning and losing in a playoff game is razor thin. One drop like that, that could be enough to send your ass home. It almost cost the Packers the number one seed today. You could just feel the Bears start to come alive after that. It was like, shit, man, we got a chance in this. Let's go. And they rallied. They almost won that game. It looked like they were going to pull ahead in the fourth quarter. More on that in a little bit. But yeah, that MVS drop was bad. I w- again, I wouldn't say collapsed, but it was definitely a third quarter that they essentially punted. And no, you can't do that in a playoff game. I agree with you. Uh, yeah, they probably will need to score, I don't know, about 30, but they're going to have to get up over 24 with this defense. Yeah, probably at least around 27. I would think would be kind of the sweet spot. Um, the two near interceptions by Rodgers, yeah, both very uncharacteristic. The first one, too, it looked like the first, the second one was a really, I thought was just kind of a nice play by the DB, just couldn't hang on. The first one, 
Rodgers was under pressure. You know, he threw that. It, it looked bad. It just looked like a bad decision. It looked bad coming out of his hand. I was actually surprised it wasn't picked. So that was definitely that was definitely uncharacteristic from him. Oh, the mediocre special teams, yeah. On display again today. So the Tavon Austin thing to me is kind of like... I'm a Detroit Tigers fan, right? I know, I don't come to you with my... I don't, I don't, you don't come to me with your problems, but... The Tigers were just forever cursed. Like, whoever the closer was for the Detroit Tigers just, like, sucked. No matter how good the player was before he got to Detroit, as soon as he put the uniform on, it's like he fell apart. I feel like that's the case with the Packers returner spot, kick and punt returner. Like, Tavon Austin's been a good returner his whole career. He's not even in Green Bay, what, like three weeks? It was his second game, third game in the lineup. And he muffs that punt. Fumbles, not he muffed it, he fumbled the punt. Led to a Bears field goal in the first half. But yeah, that's a concern too, you know. Again, playoff games, razor thin. Razor thin. A, a, a fumbled kick return or a fumbled punt return or giving up a big return, that can be the difference. I agree the special teams were not, they have not been good all year and they were not good again today. It's a problem. It's definitely a problem. I joked I joked at one point during the game, I said, you know, they should just have nobody back there to return the punt. At least you know you won't fumble it. So, let's go. I was only half kidding. Um, your glass half full, yeah, Rodgers, Jones, Adams. Yeah, I mean, everything you said about the offense, I agree. It's an offense powerful enough to turn goat piss into gasoline, to quote the Blues Brothers. I mean, it, it's, this offense, when it's going, it's humming. You know, they were unstoppable in that first half. And the offensive line, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Everything on the offensive line was great. Great to see, you know, after obviously the, you know, Bakhtiari, Blowing his knee out on Thursday was a real kick in the ass. On New Year's Eve, too. Goddamn. But, yeah, the offensive line is... I mean, I agree with everything you said about the offense. This offense is good enough to win a Super Bowl. Hands, Absolutely. Yep, secondary. I agree with you there, too. Uh, the bend but not break defense. I mean, it is what it is. They're going to give up yards. They're going to give up points. You're just going to have to accept that. Uh, you just hope that they can come up with one or two turnovers every week to kind of... Flip it, and they did today, and that was enough. It's gonna have; they're probably gonna have to come up with even more turnovers as the competition gets better. And Crosby's foot, yeah, he's a weapon for sure. Okay, so next question is from Kyle Schweiger. Oh, Kyle Schweiger, I remember you from Twitter, man. He says, "Hi, Chris. Not on Twitter anymore, but still listening on Spotify every week. Oh, nice, nice, nice to know people are listening on Spotify." Baffling this week to not give AJD some more action. One carry after totally dominating last week. Look at what the Saints did this week without their whole running back room this week. I have to think it makes sense to let Jones go get the cash, probably with the Jets, as hard as it will be to see him go. Rough outing for King. Won't fault him on the missed interception, but not very sharp outside of that. Remember when Bears Twitter convinced themselves that HaHa Clinton Dix was an upgrade on Amos? Well, both Amos and Savage are at least 15 points better than Eddie Jackson per pro football focus. Got the buy now. Let's get the Lombardi. Go Pack Go, Kyle Schwags. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I'll start at the beginning here. A.J. Dillon. I mean, I was surprised, and there were a couple of situations in that second half I thought he should have gotten the ball. Short yardage stuff. There was the one, where was it, in the third quarter here now? Let me go through my notes. It was um So they okay, so the Bears kicked the, the Bears kicked the field goal. It's 21-16 late in the third. Rodgers is almost picked up by Eddie Jackson on second and one, the play I just talked about under pressure. It's second and one. They don't run the ball. Third and one, they're gonna run the ball. Didn't run the ball. That those felt like situations where AJ Dillon could have been beneficial playing him, right? Giving him the ball. Big back, cold weather. No, didn't do it. I swear this offensive coaching staff, sometimes they still make it harder on themselves than they need to by not running the football, which is incredibly frustrating. All right. Um, let me go back. I got to scroll back up here. Okay. So yeah, I agree with you on that. I thought Dylan should have been more of a factor. I like Jamal Williams. I like Jamal. I thought he ran the ball well. Five carries, 26 yards, mostly down the stretch. Felt like that would have been a good time to get Dylan further involved though. I just think he's got more than Jamal does. This is going to be kind of a long episode, by the way. I'm already 24 minutes in. Holy shit. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I would think at this point Aaron Jones probably isn't going to be back. I'll just say that. I don't want to do too much offseason stuff right now, but yeah, he probably isn't going to be back. The fact that he he hired Drew Rosenhaus a few weeks back to be his new agent, you don't hire Drew Rosenhaus when negotiations are going well. You hire Rosenhaus when, like, it's like, I don't think these guys are going to pay me. Well, fuck, I got to get paid somewhere. <laughs> and Rosenhaus will, will do that because, you know, that's his forte. Whether or not we love him as fans, most fans hate him. He gets his guys paid, you know? He's he's good at what he does. I would think Aaron Jones is not going to be back at this point. I'll say that quick. Rough outing for King. Yeah, I thought he was okay at times. But yeah, the dropped interception, you're right, I can't fault him on that. He had Amos cutting in front of him. That's not an easy play to make. And as Lee Carso would say, if they could catch, they wouldn't be DBs. Um, Yeah, not the best for Kevin King. Very up and down. And the Bears Twitter thing, that was funny. I, I referenced the Bears Twitter thing. After Amos uh, really, really sealed it with the pick. I mean, they had two turnovers today. I said one. Excuse me. It was two turnovers forced by the defense. But yeah, I said that after Amos picked off uh, Mitch there at the end. I said, are we sure that AHA wasn't an upgrade over Amos for the Bears? Is the jury still out? AHA <laughs> Clinton Dix, there's a name. Okay, so now we move on to Kyle Terpenning, who, God bless him, still won't get Twitter. We did it. Number one seed. Feels so damn good. But but that game gave me a heart attack again. Went into another shell after the half, but the defense stepped up when they needed to and gave the team the boost it needed to restart the offense. I think Rodgers just cemented himself as MVP with that game, and man, his first half, absolutely incredible. Now we wait to see who we play. What do you think? Root for the Bears next week so we play them again at Lambeau in the divisional round? Let's get this done. Rodgers for MVP, Packers for Super Bowl. I really appreciate that people send questions that are like multi-layered as opposed to just like Devonte Adams, good or not good. <laughs> I like that. That's good. This isn't an in-depth show. This isn't like hot takey bullshit. Like you get the real shit here. Yeah. I mean, I had a heart attack. I'll be honest. When the bears were driving in the fourth quarter, I, I thought that they were going to take the lead. I don't know about any of you, you folks, but I thought for sure. I mean, that drive, Took forever. I said on Twitter, watching the Bears offense go on these drives was like watching an oil tanker try to turn itself in a sea of fucking molasses. Oh my God. Those are painful. It was painful watching Mitch dink and dunk and just keep setting up these fourth and inches and him diving ahead. Oh, it's painful. But that drive, 15 play drive that lasted over eight minutes. I thought for sure they were going to score fourth and one at the Green Bay 24. Chicago came out in shotgun. Classic overthinking yourself. Why? Why did the Bears come out in shotgun? Why didn't they just run the ball with Montgomery? He was running well, running hard. Or have Mitch run another sneak. Just classic outthinking yourself. What was Matt Nagy doing? I have no idea. I almost feel bad for Bears fans, almost. That was silly. But yeah, I, I really thought for sure they were going to take the lead. I still thought the Packers were going to win, but I'm like, they're going to have to come from behind and earn this one. Because they just totally got into a shell, as you said. I totally agree. But yeah, the defense stepped up. Fourth and one. Hey, the Bears were stupid for running what they ran. But really nice play by Chandon Sullivan to break the pass up. Pass intended for Allen Robinson. Who, I will point out, had a chance to come to Green Bay as a free agent. And said, no, I want to go play with Mitch. So, good work on, good work by you, Allen Robinson. Very smart. Very, very smart decision. Um... Yeah, the defense stepped up. Yeah, great play by Sullivan. I definitely think Rodgers cemented himself as the MVP. Once Mahomes didn't play, I was like, Rodgers is going to win. He got the 48 touchdowns. I mean, yeah, he's definitely. And that first half was awesome. Like I said earlier, 10 of 10. I was at 155. I think he, yeah, 155 because he had a 15. He had a 15.5 yards per attempt in that first half. And Trubisky's was 4.9. He completed something like 13 or 14 passes for like 84 yards. It was absurd. He'd attempted 17, I think. Uh, so what do I think for the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I think the Bears probably would be the most favorable matchup, right? Coming into Lambeau. You have to think. You have to like the Packers' chances in that one. I mean, I think the golf between these teams is is clearly pretty big. I said on Twitter in the first half, I didn't think the Bears would be able to beat the Packers if straight up if the Packers didn't give them help, which they did, you know. Uh, Got to clear my throat. Got to keep it real again. Um... You know, the Tavon Austin fumble, fumbled punt, um, King dropping the interception in the end zone, which again was a tough play to make, but he dropped it. Uh, 
And there was another one. Oh, the MVS drop. I, I thought, I didn't think they could beat the Packers straight up, and I still don't. But the Packers were making so many mental mistakes, they were keeping the Bears in the game. If you get the Bears at the playoffs and in, in the playoffs at Lambeau, no, I don't think the golf, I don't think the Bears are going to close that gap in two weeks. No, I think that would be the most favorable matchup. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so thank you to Kyle. We move on now to Justin Sapanich. <laughs> this is a good one. No, fuck, shit, fuck. Why did they have to win? Now Lemps won't have a podcast next week. Frowny face. Hashtag FTB. Fuck the Bears. Hashtag LOL. Hashtag who the fuck is Daphne? Thanks, Lemps. Um, well, I'm sad. I, I'm I'm sorry to disappoint you. I don't know if I'll have a show next week. More on that in a minute. But yeah, uh, <laughs> that's I don't even know what to say. I'm speechless. That was hysterical. Thank you, Justin. Yeah, no, um, definitely captures my emotions during the game. It was like, no, fuck, shit, yes, yes, oh, come on. I was, I was definitely mad, you know, at times, as I'm sure you all were. Um, who the fuck is Daphne? Dominique Daphne. You don't know Dominique Daphne? The Packers have opened up. They have tapped in to the vaunted Indiana State t- pipeline. You don't know Dominique Daphne? I didn't really know that much about him until a few weeks ago either. <laughs> but he, like Tunyon, comes from Indiana State. So, obviously, they're crank, They're cranking out the tight ends for the Packers. They, they, the Packers love what they're buying, what they're selling at Indiana State. Is that where Larry Bird went to college? So, you know, Larry Bird, Tunyon, Daphne. That's, there you go. I loved Daphne catching the touchdown falling backwards. Like, how dope was that? He caught the touchdown falling backwards. Still came down with it. And then he's out there on special teams for the ensuing kickoff. Flies down the field and tackles Corderell Patterson. Love it. That kid, they got something in that kid, man. He's kind of a kind of a do-it-all. He can block, he can catch, he plays special teams. I like that kid. Very, very intrigued by Dominique Daphne. Dominic, Dominique. So thank you for that, Justin. Finally, final email anyways from Ben Johnson. 21-point halftime jinx has been lifted. Yes, yes, there were a couple of gulp moments of slight panic. Rodgers near interception, the lone throw to Mooney, field goal, the pointless third quarter, (laughs) the three and outs, yet the defense and offense both rallied Sullivan on the Bears' fourth and fifth, fourth and one. Defensive pressures were big and Amos interception. Hope they signed Trubisky for a fifth year. MBS Lizard Lazard came up big along with the Bakhtiarless offensive line and run game. Can you say enough about Aaron Jones' second effort? What the fuck? What was the deal with the first play of the game? How do you touch the ball out of bounds and it goes to the 40, not the 3? What did you think of Damon Harrison's first game? Have a great show as usual. Thanks for a great season in advance. Thank you on the postseason. Go Pack Go. Ben Johnson, just a listener. Ben, first of all, you're not just a listener. There is no show without the listeners. Like, it's just me talking to nobody if nobody listens. So you guys are everything. It's I can't stress enough how much I appreciate you guys. Feels like some Packers bloggers and podcast people kind of get a kick out of shitting on fans. That's not me. Fan however you want. All are welcome here. Be however you want to be. It's all good here for me, as far as I'm concerned. I just wanted to say that. Because it's been kind of pissing me off lately. Um... Okay, a lot to unpack here. Let's see. Talked about the interceptions. Uh, the long throw to Mooney. Yeah, that was frustrating. Thought Savage had pretty good coverage on it. Just couldn't quite make the play. The pointless third. That's a great way to describe the third quarter. It was very pointless. Um, hope they signed Trubisky for a fifth year. Yeah, I do too. You could see they didn't really want him to do much. They did not want Trubisky to do much. It was like... Dink and dunk and a lot of rollout short stuff. And cause, and you see why. As soon as he had to make a play at the end of the game, he got picked off by Amos. He can't throw the ball downfield. I hope he's a Chicago quarterback forever. Uh, talk about the offensive line. Great work. Great work from the offensive I'll talk about them a little. Uh, great work from the offensive line. Not what I would have done. I would have kicked Elton Jenkins outside. I said as much on Twitter on Thursday after the Bakhtiari news broke. But Billy Turner did. I mean, they did well. You know, I thought... Not quite as well in the second half. Pass protection. Felt like Rodgers got hit a lot more, but... And was sacked in the second half. But, yeah, I mean, I thought... um, Thought they held up well. They did okay, you know. That line, Bakhti with Turner and 
Certainly up the middle, I feel really good about it with Jenkins and Lindsley and Patrick. Wagner, despite the knee injury that he, he's dealing with, I thought he played. I mean, they played they played well. They did they did enough. You can win a Super Bowl with this offensive line. They're not really equipped to handle an injury like Bakhtiari's anywhere else. And by that, I mean, if Adams got hurt, they'd be up shit creek because the receiver's outside of him. I mean, it wouldn't be anything special. You know, if Kenny Clark got hurt on the D-line, they'd be in a lot of trouble. If Jair got hurt, the secondary would be in a lot of trouble. Um, certainly the cornerbacks. They might be okay at pass rusher if, like, Z, heaven forbid, got hurt because Gary, and you'd have Gary and Preston. But outside of outside linebacker, offensive line, that was the, the position they were best suited to handle such an injury to an elite, elite player. Anywhere else, certainly quarterback, obviously, too, they would have been crushed. Any other spot, they might have been crushed if one of their elite players went down. But offensive line, with the depth they have and the job Adam Stenovich has done as, as offensive line coach, <clears throat> they were equipped to handle this. And so far, so good. I think they'll be okay. Uh, Aaron Jones' second effort, he's awesome. He needs, they need to get him the damn ball. First half, eight total touches for 36 yards. Second half, seven touches, 49 yards, and a touchdown. He gets better as the game goes on. Keep feeding him the rock. They should never, I keep saying this, I'm going to keep saying this on the show until I'm blue in the face. They should never go more than three to four plays without Aaron Jones getting the ball. Like between Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, like out of every five to six plays, they should be getting the ball twice. Right? I gotta take a drink here. You know, uh, Jones and Adams should each be touching the ball once at least out of every five to six plays. Yeah, because they're bona fide difference makers. Absolutely. And he was great today. He was awesome in the second half. Absolutely. Uh, what was the deal with the first play of the game? That was weird. It sure looked to me like Patterson was in bounds when he touched the ball. That's what I thought. Right? Like, I, what do I know? But I thought for sure he touched it before he was out of bounds. That should have been Bears ball at the one. That was weird. That was a first. Seeing a, channel, a coach challenging a play before a second had run off the clock. LaFleur has had some interesting moments, hasn't he? They won both Lions games last year despite never leading. They won on last second field goals in both games. With no time left. And then today's challenging about... He makes a lot of things happen when either there's no time left or no time has run off the clock. Like a lot happens with the Matt LaFleur coach team. <clears throat> what is going on with my throat? There we go. Okay, so that was a first for me. I thought for sure he touched it before he was out of bounds. But they saw what they saw. And the Packers lost the timeout. I guess the Packers checked or the refs didn't clear. Did you see that on Twitter? That was a thing. Bears fans acting like the refs are in the Packers' pocket. Why does every team in the NFC North think this? Did they not see the fail, Mary? <laughs> like, did they not see Rodgers, that Arizona playoff game, his first playoff game when he got blatantly face-masked in overtime? Missed that one, huh? So that's, that was my joke on Twitter was that when was the check from the Packers to the referees going to clear? Because clearly it hadn't at the start of the game. So, all right, there's that. So those are, okay, so those were all the email questions I got. Those were awesome. Now we're going to move over to Twitter. Got a few there. People are enjoying this format. All right, first question is from Javier Cabrera at Ja Cabrera 24. The offense came out slow in the second half again. Is that a concern going into the playoffs? Yes, it is. You cannot, as I stated earlier in the show, you cannot punt. You cannot punt an entire quarter of a game, particularly a playoff game, and expect to win. 99% of the time. Yeah. The Packers basically airmailed in that third quarter. It didn't It didn't cost, it didn't kill them today, but it will kill you in the playoffs. Yeah, it's definitely a concern. The offense, it felt like the MVS drop just like changed the the molecules in the air in a, in a, in the worst way, you know, he catches that ball. They, they, they came into the second half feeling very invincible as they should have at that point. Cause they basically were unstoppable in the first half. You know, he catches that ball. It's like, he catches that ball, touchdown 28, 13. It's like, we're invincible. We're still invincible. You're not going to stop us. That probably ends up, they probably end up putting up 50, you know, or damn near close. Um, it's the one concern I have with this offense is that when they get that initial shot back from the defense, or sometimes it's a self-enforced, you know, it's an unforced error. 
It's a mental mistake that they make. You know, but whenever that moment happens, either they make a mistake or they take a punch from the defense, it takes them a minute to get their bearings back. You can't do that in the playoffs. Like, you can't go from late first half to fourth quarter. Like, it's just, that's not going to work. They've got to be more consistent. More, It's still, it does have to be, they have to be more consistent, yes. All right. This is long, but I'm going to be off next week probably, so who cares, right? Fuck it. All right, Brew Crewer, A Summers underscore time. My old, old bag of donuts podcast co-host, bestest friend in the world, Adam Summers. What are the chances the Bears can upset New Orleans and we get these fuckers again in two weeks? A man can hope. So, yeah, I touched on that. I mean, could they? Yeah, I mean, anything's possible. I would be stunned. Frankly, I'd be stunned if they went into New Orleans and won next week. Yeah, that that seems like asking for too much. In fact, I think that probably ends up being a blowout. Of course, the Saints lost to the Vikings last year, you know, in the Dome. So it's not impossible. There's not going to be any fans. So it's not impossible for the Bears to go down there and win, but I'd be stunned, yeah. They would need, like, two or three turnovers, and Mitch would have to play perfect, and they'd have to run the hell out of the ball. Seems unlikely. But, yeah, we can hope. And then the final uh, Twitter question comes from Justin Cornwall, at Justin A. Cornwall, friend of the show. I thought the offense and defense executed well. Actually, really like the D versus Montgomery. Special teams is still terrifying outside of Mason. But in the meantime, I'm going to enjoy the number one seed along my one-year-old and one-week-old. This is my dad celebrating with him. He sent, you guys, he sent a picture of his dad holding his kids. How adorable is this? Justin, this is great. I'm going to retweet this tomorrow. I didn't get a chance to tonight. This is great. Great. Thank you for sending it. I love, you know, family, right? Packers, so much of this thing is family, this organization, this fan base. You know? We bicker with each other. We fight on Twitter. We get at each other. But it's a family. And at the end of the day, we are, we all love each other. At least that's how I like to think of it. Granted, I don't like some people on Packers Twitter. I'm not going to say I love it. There are some people I don't like at all. But for the most part, it's a family. You know what I mean? You have people in your family you don't like, you don't want to talk to. But it's family. So you sending that picture means a lot. Thank you. Um, yeah, your qu- I thought the offense, I mean, I thought the offense was was good outside of the third quarter. Yeah. Uh, the defense did their job. You know, they held, they were really good in the red zone. That mattered. Really nice work after the Austin fumble to hold the Bears to three. Thought that was really important. Um, they made the Bears work for everything, which is all you can ask for. Or for, for with this defense, maybe. Um, special teams, yeah, talk about that. They're terrifying. Uh, I thought the D versus Montgomery was good at times. You know, I thought, I mean, he didn't have a run longer than eight. Only 22 carries for 69 yards on the day. Nice. Uh, And the one score. But yeah, I thought for the most part, the the run defense played well. Oh, yeah. Someone asked me about Harrison. A couple questions ago about Harrison. I didn't really notice him in the game at all. I didn't really notice snacks. Nice to have him on board. Hopefully he kind of kicked some rust off and is getting at, got a little acclimated with the defense so he can be a factor in the playoffs. So didn't really notice that. But yeah, I thought overall, they I guess the run defense was okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then we have one last question from my other old, old bag of donuts podcast co-host, Gene Bossling. This is long. Okay, here we go. Remember the Tom Brady comment about about how if Rodgers had coaching like he does, he'd throw for 7,000 yards every year? Is it possible we're seeing as close of a version of that as we're going to get? There seem to be so many things about this offensive system that are optimized for its personnel, and after years of, go save us, Aaron! It's amazing how rarely they seem to be unable to come up with an answer somehow or another. It's amazing how rarely they seem to be unable to come up with an answer somehow or another. There we go. Even today, they faced an imposing defense 72 hours after losing their left tackle, and they managed. Just remarkable stuff. Yeah, I think this, 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 the, the Fleur and, and Nathaniel Hackett, the system they've created for Rodgers, definitely, it's, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot more open receivers. Remember, remember with McCarthy, particularly towards the end, it felt like every throw Rodgers had to make was in tight coverage. You'd go like, you'd watch these other games, you'd go like, why do all these other teams have guys just running wide fucking open? And every Packers receiver has a DB like draped over his back. And I don't think the personnel got that much better. 
You know, obviously Devontae's a stud. I'll talk about him in a minute. But, I mean, Devontae and Jones. But a lot of the secondary personnel, Lazard and MVS, I mean, these guys aren't pro bowlers or anything. I do think the system has really opened up a lot for Rodgers. Yeah. And I think he... It's true. They definitely are better. Even when they do, you know, again, either get punched in the mouth or shoot themselves in the foot, they are able to find an answer eventually. Today, LaFleur talked after the game about how they decided at a certain point in the fourth quarter... The offensive coaches collectively, like, we need to start getting the ball to Devontae. It's time to start feeding Devontae. And sometimes the simplest answer is the best one, and they just started doing it. So, yeah, it speaks to what you're saying. They needed to find an answer, and they did. They were not they were not wandering in the dark forever for the rest of the game. So that was good. Um, yeah, I think I do think this is as close as we're going to get to a perfectly tailored system for Rodgers. LaFleur has really done some nice things. Scheming guys open and... You know, doing things that just McCarthy never did. We we hoped for years Mike would do it, and he never did. It's been great. And yeah, I mean, it was a real tough challenge, you know? The losing Bakhtiari, you got to think some guys were still stinging over that. But they were able to regroup, as you said, and they just they got the damn thing done. It was, it's been pretty remarkable. LaFleur's not ever going to get the credit. I mean, he's 26-6 and six in the regular season, for Christ's sakes. He's never going to get the credit he deserves. Until Rogers is gone, unfortunately. But the job he's done has been remarkable. Absolutely. So those are all the questions I had. I think we I feel like we told the story together. That was fun, right? I gotta talk quick about a couple things that we didn't talk about. Devontae Adams, six catches, 46 yards, and the touchdown. He sets both a personal record for catches in a year uh, at 112. Or when he hit 112. He broke his old mark of 111, and now he has the team record for most catches in a season. I don't know what it ended up being. I know 113 was the record, 114. He passed that. Thank God. If you remember Sterling Sharp, what a dick Sterling Sharp was. (laughs) I'm so glad that a good dude like Devontae has the record. What an incredible fucking season he's had. Um, Anything else from the defense? I thought Chris Barnes was really good. I thought Kirksey uh, was looked really good getting the sack. He see as his as his workload has decreased, he seems to be making more impact, which is nice. Um, Kenny Clark had a nice uh, tackle on a run stuff, so good stuff there. Okay, so Jesus, forty seven minutes and this is long. All right, big picture time now. Thank you to everybody who sent along a question. I really, I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. Big picture time now. Forty seven minutes in. Oh my god, the Packers have achieved the main objective. Again, the road to Tampa runs through 1265 Lombardi in Green Bay, Wisconsin, the tiniest market in all of North American professional sports. Can I get a hell yeah? They are the team to beat in the NFC, in my opinion, even outside of their record. They have likely the MVP at quarterback, the best wide receiver on the planet, a star running back, and two other damn fine runners. An offensive line that is still one of the better groups in the league, even without David Bakhtiari. It's a group that can put tremendous pressure on an opponent to keep up. The defense has some big-time playmakers who are capable of swaying a contest at a moment's notice. Now, there are issues. The offense goes through lulls. The team does make mental mistakes. And the defense will give up yards and points. The special teams is mostly a disaster. But on their best day, I truly believe no one in this conference can hang with these 2020 Packers. And that becomes doubly true when you factor in the advantage playing at Lambeau will provide. Let's hope it's cold. Let's hope it's ice cold for these games. Let's go below zero, baby. And make no mistake, they have to make this one count. Even after losing Bach, they are incredibly healthy for the second year in a row. Rodgers is not getting any younger. A good chunk of the core will be back next year, yes. But they're also going to lose some key pieces, some giant pieces. There is no doubt about that. Their cap situation is bleak. It's going to be hard to fill all the holes. And perhaps most importantly, there is no juggernaut standing in their way in either conference. In fact, on their best day, the Packers may in fact be the juggernaut standing in everyone else's way, at least in the NFC. There's no guarantee it will ever be like this again, folks, at least during whatever time remains in the Rodgers era in Titletown. He's been the starter since 2008, and this is only the second time he's had home field advantage, for example. 
And this is, to me, his best shot at a ring since 2014, which feels like forever ago. These opportunities are just so rare. But the Packers have such an opportunity at this moment. It's set up for this team to win its fifth Lombardi trophy. So let's get it. As a wise man once said, what better place than here, what better time than now. So this is normally where I take your questions and comments, but I mean, we did, oh, we did that earlier. That's been did. The damn thing has been did. In that case, since I am already at the 50 minute mark, I guess I'll just talk about when you might hear from me next. Uh, last postseason, uh, we only had three shows on Packers Talk and no major preview show. So I was kind of doing double duty Lamps Talk and Pack for those weeks. I do a preview show during the week and then my usual post game show. It was fun, but it was a lot. That was a lot of Lamps. And now that we have the excellent No Huddle Radio guys in the fold this year, actually all four of our shows rock. Hopefully you're, list, you're giving them some love too. Pack, you know, no Huddle Radio, Cheesehead Radio, um, Packers Therapy. Hopefully you're listening to those shows as well because they're all excellent. I'm really proud to be a part of this, this group. These four shows are awesome. But yeah, uh, now that uh, the No Huddle Radio guys are here, I probably won't do any preview stuff. I would guess you're not going to hear from me again until after the Packers' first playoff game. Unless I just really get the itch to do some sort of bonus episode ahead of the game and Alan CD give me the green light. But at, at this point, I can't say if that's going to happen or not. So for now, I'll just say I'll be back after their playoff game, win, lose, or draw. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. So until next time, I am Chris Lampasis. This has been Lamps Talk and Pack. Thank you so very much for listening, Packer Nation. I love you. I love you. I love you. Stay safe out there in this crazy-ass world. And remember... Always and forever. Go. Pack. Go. Go.